I don't even know where to start. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea where to start. First of all, happy Friday. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank R&B Car Company because you're probably going to want some vehicle that nobody knows about so you can get in it free and clear and escape. Just run and hide and nobody can find you. Go to rbcarcompany.com. Let them know that I sent you. Not that I'm advocating that you do that. <clears throat> you know, pay your debts first. Um, <laughs> do we do we talk about the Cleveland Indians or do we talk about COVID first? Indians. The Indi- the Indians? You mean the Guardians? <laughs> Why is... Hold on a second. Why is it that after Trump names the Space Force the Guardians, why is it that everybody else is changing their names to the Guardians? Cleveland Indians are not the first one. There's like three other things that happen where they change their name to Guardians. So now now it's the Cleveland Guardians, which doesn't even run off of the tongue very well at all. Um, it's, you know, you would think that they would bring in some kind of a vernacular expert to at least try to figure out which syllables go in the right place. And Cleveland Guardians just doesn't sound right. And, and it... I think it's a vernacular thing, not just that, you know, it's Cleveland. And let's be honest, I mean, Ohio doesn't guard anything, and Cleveland sure as heck doesn't guard anything. I mean, smog, maybe. Um, <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> I, it's, you know, you knew it was coming. They were getting, they got rid of Chief Wahoo. You know what they should do, though? They should make their mascot look exactly like Chief Wahoo, but make him white. That's what they should do. No feather, though, okay? No feather, right? Maybe like a halo, something like that. Or just just make your team logo Master Chief from Halo. That that might actually work. People could get behind that, even if they hate Cleveland. I think people could get behind that. Yeah, so the Cleveland Guardians. There, there you go. Um, Let's see. What was the what was the latest thing I saw about like Major League Baseball and and the ratings? And then of course the the NBA Finals were a dismal ratings disaster. Um, yeah, it's the NFL is going to play the Black National Anthem, which isn't actually a national anthem at all. They're going to play that at at NFL games now. <laughs> Did they not see how that irritated people last year? This is just the NFL. I think put themselves in a in a bad position. Players said you're going to play the the black national anthem before the game, along with the national anthem. And the NFL said, no, we don't think that's a good idea because we're kind of making everybody angry. And then the NFL Players Association reminded them that they were racist in playing black players who got head injuries a lot less money than they were playing white players because the NFL's position in court was that black players were not as smart. And the NFL said, okay, we'll we'll play the black national. <laughs> I think that's how I wasn't there, but if I'm a fly in the room, I think that's how that went down. Okay. It's <laughs> God. Uh, we're going to have conversations about, yeah, yeah, the Cleveland Indians want, what are the Cleveland Indians, dad? It's going to be a whole thing. All right. So let's talk. Uh, we got, we got to talk a little bit about, about um, COVID. Um <laughs> So the CDC's made another announcement. Was it two two big mistakes this week that the CDC announced? The, the big one is that, you know, the number of people who died after getting the vaccine has now been cut in half because the CDC says they made a big mistake. Um, and it's not over 12,000 people who have died after the vaccine. It's only 6,000 people who have died after the vaccine. 
Um, I'm also going to get into, real quick, uh, in just a couple of minutes here, I'll get into the number of people who have died from COVID in the U.S. after being fully vaccinated, because it's higher than you would think, actually. Uh, CDC. We've heard this before. This is nothing new. I'm just bringing it up again because, once again, they're releasing this data. Number of flu and other virus cases reach historic lows in 2020-2021. Now, why do you think, why do you think, I was having a conversation with a coworker the other day, and they kind of looked at me and they go, let me ask you a question, Casey. Do you think that at all that this is, this is strange? Everybody in this building who has had COVID has not been sick since from anything. He says, do you, do you think that that's strange? And I said, maybe? I don't know. My allergies have not been nearly as bad this year as they usually are. The past two days, they've been pretty bad, but I'm out of pills. But usually, even with my allergy medication, I still I still pay dearly at least uh, you know, one week out of a month. Uh, I'm, they're much better this year than they have been. Other people that I know that have had COVID have not gotten sick with anything since they had COVID. So... Who knows? Now, there could be a whole bunch of things. All right. Is COVID boosting the immune system for some cataclysmic galactic event? I don't know. The reason I bring that up is there was a a twilight zone. It was like the new twilight zone several years ago where everybody was getting sick uh, from this, this pandemic. There was some virus that was making people sick. And the majority of the population was dying from this this pandemic. And they couldn't get a handle on it. They couldn't figure out what was going on. And some people would recover, and they had absolutely no knowledge as to why that happened. And then the sun went supernova, and the people who had the uh, had survived the virus, their skin changed, and they survived. I'm obviously not suggesting the sun is going supernova. I'm just saying, what if there is something happening in nature, and COVID is is a way to reset the population and make sure that the the occupants of the planet can handle it? I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. Is it a long shot? Sure. Am I going a little sci-fi on you? Absolutely. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there as a suggestion. Is COVID replacing the flu? Is influenza now officially dead? Is this a, a predatory invasive species of the viral world? And they've now killed off influenza. And so we, we now have COVID instead of influenza. Maybe that is still a theory in the scientific community as, as one possibility. Uh, the other thing is, you know, is it possible that because of COVID, which ramps up your immune system, and that's actually how it kills you, it overexcites and exhausts your immune system. Is it possible that because COVID manipulates your immune system in that way, that you are now more resistant to other infections, even if that's only a temporary effect from having COVID, because your immune system has now been ramped up? Is that a possibility? Is it a possibility that for those of us who took certain medications in order to battle COVID, that that has boosted our immune system to prevent us from getting the flu and colds and and things of that nature? Maybe. Is it that people are going out less? I don't know. A lot of you aren't going out less and you're still not getting sick. Of course, the other option is, you know, we do have this test, this PCR test that when it tests positive for influenza, it also tests positive for COVID, and then they have to list COVID. So I suppose one of the reasons that we have a record low flu season for 2020 and 2021 could be that you are actually getting the flu, but they're listing it as COVID because the stupid test 
test positive for both. And as we have highlighted with doctors on this show, that they are required to write down COVID as the thing that you're infected with they because they can't write down the flu and risk it actually being COVID instead of the flu. So we've been mentioning this for the better part of a year, more than that. And we were told it was a conspiracy theory that the PCR test had this false positive. We were told that that wasn't true. And then sure enough, right after the November election, well, right before the November election, two studies came out which confirmed the PCR test gave a false positive. And then right after the election, a, a podcast interview that Dr. Fauci did, he admitted that the PCR test was giving false positives. But that wasn't released until after the election. <laughs> Conveniently. Um, so we know that that is a factual reality of, of the pandemic. So maybe we don't have a record low flu season. Maybe we have a standard flu season, but it's just being listed as COVID. And the number of COVID cases that we have in the United States are actually much, much less than we think that they are because of the PCR test giving a false positive. We also know that the death rate is inflated. Several states have corrected the death rate. California just reduced the number of people who died of COVID in the state by 20%. They're not the only state that has done that. We've been over this many times before. And who knows how many other false attributions to COVID we have in the total death count. We don't know. And I told you before, you know, going from the very beginning of this thing, as it was really hitting us in, in March and April, um, that typically speaking, when I went back and I looked at previous pandemic issues and when they finally kind of told everybody the truth, it was usually between two and three years after it was over that you started learning the truth of what happened. And who knows? So when the the CDC comes out today and says, you know, we've got, We've got only under 1% of the 1.1 million specimens collected from people experiencing flu-like symptoms tested positive for the seasonal flu. Uh, You know, we've had a record low year of flu. Now, the other thing is we've also had, what, three years of record highs with the flu. And perhaps that was flu's last hurrah. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, we have no idea. The one thing that I find interesting about this is that where the flu starts every single year, uh, it's like just in the Southern Hemisphere, um, because I forget what location it is. Just forgive me on this. This is Friday, and I'm just trying to draw from memory. But there is a location in the Southern Hemisphere where the flu starts every single year, and they track it all around the globe, and it didn't start during the pandemic. So it's entirely possible that we're just dealing with false positives here. Uh, It's also entirely possible that maybe COVID just killed off the flu. I don't know, guys. I have no idea. We might have cured the flu and and, uh, replaced it with something completely different. Not exactly sure. Uh, But the CDC says there's a record low flu. Uh, I am inclined to, uh, until further evidence comes out, I've given you several scenarios, but until further evidence comes out, I'm inclined to believe that the PCR test is giving a false rate. That's what I'm inclined to believe because we know that that's happening. And they hid that from the public. Again, this goes back to what I was saying yesterday. When the CDC adjusts the death rate down and people don't believe it, and people are like, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, it's, it's a clearly a clerical error. 12,000 people didn't die post-vaccine. Okay, maybe, but the CDC's credibility is shot because they kept lying about all of this stuff, and then they got caught lying. One of the things that they lied about was the PCR test giving a false positive. When you actually have the flu, it does test positive for COVID. And they hid that from everybody for a very long time until it finally came out. So... Their credibility is shot. 
which means nobody's believing them on this either. And it's not just the right. The left, the left thinks that Trump caused the CDC to lose its credibility. Uh, the right is saying that the CDC has lost its credibility going back to the Ebola outbreak under Obama. So who knows? I don't know what the correct answer is here. All I can tell you is the CDC says record low number of influenza uh, this year, which I guess we all kind of knew anyway. But the real question is how much of the COVID cases were actually flu? And if they weren't flu, where did the flu go? That's the other thing. All right. So how many Americans have died from COVID after being fully vaccinated? We'll talk about that because that number has been released. Coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. MNC News time is 329. Of course, we got Major League Baseball. First pitch is going to be in a couple of hours. If you haven't done so already, pick up your phone, open up that Barstool Sportsbook app, and get your bet in now. All right, so I, I might have misled you on the number of people who have died from COVID after being fully vaccinated. I only have the New Jersey number, but 49 people have died in New Jersey from COVID after being fully vaccinated against COVID. Um. Now, that's one state, and that's a lot of people, if you ask me. Uh, you, you have breakthrough infections and things like that, but whew, uh, more than half of those deaths occurred in people who suffered underlying medical conditions, okay? But about half of them didn't. That's, if you ask me, that's a, I know that it's not a lot of people, especially considering how many in the state of New Jersey have been fully vaccinated, but... If you're fully vaccinated and you're still dying from the virus uh, in double-digit numbers, you know that's that should be something that people are looking at. Uh, hopefully, the scientific and medical communities will be looking at that as well. Uh, but again, there several of them did have underlying health conditions and things of that nature, which goes to show you that people with underlying health conditions, the vaccine may still be a problem, um, or may not actually really help you uh, if you get reinfected with COVID if you have a breakthrough case. So ultimately. You know, if anything from the pandemic has, has come out, okay, I think we've learned a couple of things. One, the medical community was completely and totally wrong a few years ago when they told you that vitamin supplements were not worth your money. Because they're the ones that told you to stop taking multivitamins, that it was a waste of money and it wouldn't do anything. And what did we find out? People who weren't taking multivitamins were more susceptible to COVID. So you need to take vitamins. At the very least, if that's the only supplement you take, You've got to have a good multivitamin. See my friends over at Nutrition HQ. They've got them designed for women. They've got them designed for men. Okay. It's just, it's an unplanned endorsement there, Josh, but it's true. I take a really good vitamin supplement from them. Um, so we've learned that. All right. We've crystal clear. We've learned that. Take care of yourself. You have to, you've got to take care of yourself. And I know that a lot of people throughout the pandemic, myself included, abandoned that. Sometimes we're forced to abandon that because they closed down all of the gymes. What's a gyme? Well, it's a place where you lift weights. That's what a gyme is. Ask Homer Simpson about it. So everything that we have learned, I know that we already knew, hey, you need to take care of yourself and everything else. But what I what I found so amazing about this in, in Cosmo, I think, was a perfect example of that. While Cosmo was praising you know, people who are obese on the cover of their magazine as being healthy, we know that people who looked like the people on the cover of those Cosmo magazines were more susceptible to die from COVID because they're not healthy. I'm not trying to shame anybody. Live your life the way that you want to live your life, but understand that there is 
additional underlying risks other than what your doctor will tell you about cardiovascular disease and things of that nature. Because clearly, a virus can come through and you're way more susceptible to it. So take care of yourself. Take your vitamins. I remember a wrestler talking about that in the 1980s. Hulk something? More coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, Four o'clock today, we're going to have one of the the parents from the Penn Harris Madison group contact us. And they're going to join the show. Of course, four o'clock also means open lines. So as soon as we're done with that interview, we'll go right into open lines. All right. This is an interesting headline. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I haven't read this story yet. So we're going to walk through this together, okay? Because I just found this right before I came in today. I'm still soaking wet, by the way. My thighs are numb. It's not even cold. My thighs are numb. I got hit with like three or four minutes of rain on the way in on the motorcycle, and I am drenched. Did Michigan's Governor Whitmer give the Kardashians $7,000 in unemployment checks? That's the headline. I didn't read this. Okay. So we're going to do this together. So I have no idea where this is going to go. Michigan's unemployment insurance agency failed to catastrophic, failed so catastrophically during the government imposed coronavirus lockdowns that fraudsters calling themselves Kimberly Kardashian and Kylie Jenner got $7,000 in unemployment checks, according to the Detroit News. Ah, so it wasn't really them. I was like, they're not in Michigan, are they? Neither Kardashian nor Jenner live in Michigan. Someone illegally filed the Kardashian claim on May 13th from Traverse City address. What is it with Traverse City? It's such a nice place, but why are there so many weirdos from there? Traverse City should be a pretty laid back place, right? You got the beautiful water there. You got a, you know, you got a bunch of, of great attractions for people to do. But it seems like everything weird that comes out of Michigan comes out of Traverse City. Why? Why is that? I love the place, but it's like, (laughs) Uh, let's see. The UIA's fraud detection software did not detect a problem until May 15th after the state had already sent the money. Wait a minute. You hold on. In the state of Michigan, you can file a claim and get your money two days later. Now, I've only had unemployment one time in my entire life. It took me months to get it. Weeks? 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 I... Somebody who who fraudulently claimed to be Kim Kardashian got it in two days in the state of Michigan? Wasn't Michigan one of those states that hadn't given checks to people for like a long period of time? They were, right? I know that Indiana was, but Michigan was one of those states, I think, where a lot of people were not getting their money. So how did somebody who filed a fraudulent claim get their money in two days? They filed on May 13th, and the money had already been sent to them by May 15th when they found out. Huh? The agency admits these failures are much more than an aberration. Yeah, no kidding. A third-party audit of Michigan's UIA found that the state paid hundreds of millions of dollars in fraudulent claimants under Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who imposed some of the most arbitrary and tyrannical coronavirus restrictions in the Midwest. The UIA has made paying fraudulent unemployment claims a routine occurrence. I think this is what's leading to uh, the state of Michigan now saying that you have to like refile and you might have to pay all that money back and all of that stuff. But the problem is, is that the way that it was framed when we covered that story, I think that was last week, early last week, when they're talking about anybody who's gotten any any of the unemployment benefits from the pandemic, you might have to pay it back now in the state of Michigan. 
I think that innocent people are going to be swept up and in, in being told that they have to pay it back. That's the issue. So I think they're trying to reclaim some of the money that they fraudulently gave out, but they're doing it as a dragnet. And that means that people who legitimately got the money are now going to get caught in this whole, I have to repay it. Oh, that reminds me. I got a thing from the IRS today. I didn't, I didn't look at it before I came in. I wonder if it's about the whole child tax credit thing. Uh, Whitmer's rush to send unemployment checks to Michiganders whom she intentionally forced out of work caused the unemployment insurance agency to rush their fraud prevention measures. And the pressure to get the money out of the door was enormous, said Liza Estland Olson, the agency's acting director since November. And everybody was looking at ways to figure out how to do that and continue to fit within the parameters of what we normally do. So uh, what the UIA is saying is that, you know, Governor Whitmer wanted to get this money out to people as fast as possible. And so a lot of our fraud procedures went out the window. Okay, what about all of the fraud issues in Michigan that we've talked about over the years on this show before the pandemic? Now, that's not this woman's fault. She's only been there since November. I'm not blaming her. I'm just pointing out unemployment fraud is a leading cause of government waste in this country every single year. Every time you go through it, it affects state budgets drastically. The UIA blames a software glitch for sending most of the fraudulent checks, but the agency admits that it decreased verification standards to get checks out more quickly. Now, this is where I want to do a full stop, okay? Where else have we heard... Just bear with me. Where else have we heard about decreasing verification standards in software which led to fraud just so we're crystal clear the unemployment insurance agency in michigan is saying they in their software they intentionally decreased verification standards which led to fraud and more fraudulent unemployment checks being sent out where else have we learned about the pandemic is causing a rush and an issue and capacity problems. So we had to decrease verification standards. I keep doing the the bunny ear air quote thing because this is important. Decrease verification standards and fraud increase. Where where else did we we have that happen? Oh, that's right. Signature verification for mail-in ballots in, in the election. They're not saying it, but they're saying it. When the shutdown started last year, employees warned then UIA Director Steve Gray not to lower security standards, but he did not listen to them, much like many of the states, including my home state of Nevada. Uh, Gray resigned last November, accepted an $85,872 severance package, and signed a non-disclosure agreement to keep Michigan citizens from learning about the UIA's mismanagement. Okay. So there you go. (laughs) That's that's what we have. Uh, not a surprise at all. But once you lower those automatic security verification standards, you have to expect more fraud, just like you do with signature verification for mail-in ballots. We got more coming up. Ninety-five-three MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk ninety-five-three, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Let me just get into X screen here. I mean, it helps if I launch my call screener before i actually take phone calls it's one of those things you're supposed to do we're on rumble go to rumble.com slash casey the host rumble.com slash k 
Casey, the host. Hit that subscribe button while you are there. We're going to have an interview with one of the parents in the Penn-Harris-Madison district here at 4 o'clock, and then we'll immediately start doing open lines. In the meantime, Rob, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? I'm well. I only have about three minutes, so I hate to cut you short, but what's on your mind? Uh, well, I uh, I was the first person to speak at that recent Goshen uh, uh, City Council meeting where we were outraged at the youth drag show yeah. and the LGBTQ Pride Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, uh, uh, it seems like the, the news coverage, as probably expected, uh, says that I'm anti-gay and portrays me as a protester. Uh, and it kind of puts me in a in a negative light when I'm trying to uh, highlight the advantages of living a virtuous life instead of taking your kids to a drag show. Goodness. Well, I mean, it's... Is there really any controversy about not having children in a drag show? Is there is there really actually any controversy about that? You're actually there, running there into serious serious. There should not be. Yeah, there should not be. Uh, and and any media outlets that portray me as being anti anything should be portraying me as heroic or me and my friends. And I'm not trying to plump my chest, but the 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 topic is virtue. You know, I said at the council meeting that virginity is a lost cause. I mean, uh, nobody wants – you say virginity in today's culture, and they smile at you like you're a freak. You so know? so the other thing that I would have, too, is they're, they're calling you anti-gay. Have they interviewed you? Uh, nobody has interviewed okay. me. But they're calling you anti-gay. But what is what does a drag show have to do with being gay? Well, I don't know. Uh that, that should be the first thing that you say. You should point out that just because somebody dresses in drag doesn't mean that they're gay. There's a lot of straight people who do drag. Well, perhaps I'm from Las Vegas. This is something LGBTQ. I am I am very knowledgeable in. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot, yeah, a lot of people. There are gay people who do drag, sure, um, but there are a lot of people who are not gay who do drag. Yeah. So. Well, the fact that they involved the youth is what made it such an outrage, and and that they did it on the sly. Nobody seems to say they approved it, or maybe they approved it and don't want to say they did. Well, yeah, there has to have been some approval that happens somewhere. You know, you can't you can't just have rogue faculty going out there and taking kids to drag shows. So there had to be some approval, and parents should have been allowed an opportunity to opt out of it. And and we shouldn't be ignoring all of the times that these drag shows have actually had sexual predators performing in front of these kids that have been caught and arrested now. That's correct. Yeah. I'm sorry that Uh, that's happening to you. That's not fair. When I spoke to the mayor, I tried to make the connection between the youth drag show and pedophilia. Yeah. And he said for him it was too big of a leap. He couldn't make that connection. Yeah. Well, all he has to do is go look at the arrest records. It's, it's It's not that hard. But, you know, when you're lazy, I guess it is difficult. Hey, I got to run, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's happening to you. I'm on a hard break for my news. I'm sorry about that, but um, you don't don't deserve that. I don't care what they say. I hear you. I got to run, man. Appreciate the call. Got more coming up.